Welcome into the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast, where we provide you with your weekly diagnosis of everything fantasy football, whether it's season-long leagues, dynasty, DFS, or sometimes even IDP. We got you covered all year long. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's get to it. Welcome into the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast. And of course, I'm your host, John June. And of course, got to have my guy here, Greg Penniman with me. Greg, what's good, man? What's going on? I mean, just really hype. You know, this is I was telling you before, it's best weekend right now, divisional weekend. Uh, we got the best matchups, definitely like high quality all across the board. We get to see the the number one seeds play for the first time, you know, their little break. Uh, we get King Henry back this week. Uh, just, so, you know, it, it was nice, you know, kind of taking a, a break from fantasy, uh, getting focused on, on real football and what's happening on the field. And, of course, you know, the, the betting and everything, too. It's, so, it's always dope. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, uh, obviously, we have It was good to, able... to probably talk about betting now, you know. Right. Absolutely. We could talk about it. We could freely speak about it here in the state of New York um, because it is online sports betting and sports gambling is legal. Um, so, you know, it's something we've been partaking in responsibly, of course. Uh, Absolutely. Because that's all we, we we condone and that's all we will recommend is responsible sports betting. But regardless of the matter, uh, you know, we're enjoying it. We're having some fun, you know, dabbling in some basketball and whatnot so um also have to you know it's been a it's been nice to get away from like fantasy a little bit because it wasn't like Mm -hmm. a very frustrating year it's probably one of the most frustrating seasons of fantasy that i've ever had absolutely Um, (laughs) like (laughs) to feel like i've had really good teams like across the board um and for them to all get eliminated, uh, whether the first week of playoffs or the second week, I had one team make it to the finals. I end up losing by .18, Greg, in a finals. So the only Oof. finals that I was in is the first time since we started this podcast that I did not win a fantasy championship. So, you know, it's just very – it was humbling, but it was very frustrating, to be honest. Yeah, that that's brutal. Um especially with just all the COVID injuries, like people, teams, number one seeds, teams that they were really good, uh, just going into the playoffs lo- looking real nicer. And then, I don't know, what, right around when Omicron hit, all the, all the injuries, all the COVID bugs hit for a lot of players. Uh, I, I remember, I think in one of our leagues, you know, you were able to activate, uh, put as many people in the IR if they were on the COVID list. I literally filled up all the spots <laughs> with a COVID player. Like, it was crazy. Like... <laughs> Yeah, that I I did feel bad for you that at that moment on the outside uh, of the playoffs looking in. So um, didn't feel too bad, but I felt bad for you, brother. Uh, but part of the reason why we didn't have the successful fantasy season that we wanted to have was part of was partly because of some calls that we made here on this show, uh, some recommendations that we might have made here on this show, whether it was preseason or in season um and so we got to talk about our misses and so this is our the accountability show and we're going to talk about some of our misses in episode 245 and obviously um next week we'll talk about our our hits uh but we do you know we got we got to you know take responsibility for these misses here because not only did it cost us but it, it probably cost you guys in the long run too so i uh, definitely want to be accountable so I, i'll start here um 
This one's pretty easy. Saquon Barkley, man. No risk it, no biscuit. Sometimes you risk it and you still don't get the biscuit. Uh, I had this man <laughs> as my as my number two running back uh, at one point <laughs> in this offseason. I think by the time we got to the preseason, I think he was he was third or fourth for me. But I, you know, I can't believe that that was a take to have this guy to be the number two running back overall in this offense, right? Saquon Barkley, yeah. talented it wasn't player. Him. Yep. Yeah. Totally get it. Yeah. But this offense was uh, – Jason Garrett was the offensive coordinator, got fired midseason. I don't even think he made it that far. Uh, Joe Judge calling QB sneaks <laughs> from his own, his own uh, nine-yard line on third and nine. Uh, I mean <laughs> – Dude didn't even make it. He got fired. The GM got fired. So, you know, not to mention, I mean, again, we talked about the offense, but not to mention the injuries he was dealing with too, right? So, like, he's coming into the season, coming off the torn ACL. As I, was, I was expecting too much from Barkley, who at the time was less efficient than his in his own backfield mate in Devontae Booker. Uh, for the times he was on the field, 12 games, he was the RB. 31 in PPR points per game, averaging 11.7 PPR points. Definitely not what we wanted from a guy that, again, had him ranked as my number, my running back two, ultimately settled in as the running back three for me by the time we got to uh, the running back show. So, yeah, I'm definitely going to take that one on the chin as a miss. Yeah. um, uh, Yeah. That was just, he was a situation, one of those things where he was on the worst offense in the league. I stand by it. Like, I don't think. There was a, a offense worse than that team. Um, just for everything, all the factors. They somehow got worse after finding Jason Garrett. Like it's crazy. Uh, you tried to talk me out of it. I don't. I, I don't know. I don't know why nah. I didn't listen. But because <laughs> he's Saquon, like you know, he should you know, be able to overcome some stuff. But nah, it, it didn't happen. For me, I mean, yeah, definitely Chase Claypool was probably the the big one. Uh, definitely, this would be the uh, huge leap year for him, especially in the the touchdown department. He got ten last year. Only got two this year. Um, didn't get the thousand yards. Only averaged eleven point one fantasy points per game. Um, I mean, situation didn't help him either. Uh, but Deontay Johnson was able to come through. Uh, so it's, I can't blame it all on 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 Big Ben. I guess uh, it just a big Big Ben style doesn't fit to didn't fit to Claypool this year for sure. Uh, getting down the field uh, and getting those deep long passes. Um, but yeah, definitely definitely missed there. Yeah, I, I this was one where I think I tried to talk you out of it, so I guess we're both guilty here. Um, but Chase Claypool, I mean, I think when you look at his, yeah, obviously it's it was disappointing this year, but I think when you look at next year from a dynasty perspective, he could be a guy that were, like if your team is struggling, you know, and you're selling veteran players and you're trying to maybe go on that productive struggle as we like to call it. Maybe Chase Claypool is a guy that you end up buying in return for selling a valuable uh, veteran or valuable trade chip because he does not he's he doesn't look overly attractive right now. But Juju Smith Schuster only signed a one year deal, still scheduled to be a free agent. Mm-hmm. James Washington, he's also a free agent. It's really just Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool. Uh, don't know who the quarterback is going to be right now. Right now, it's right. Looking like it'll be Mason Rudolph. So uh, <laughs> he gets a. I mean, but if a quarterback upgrade comes in there, right, you're looking at Chase Claypool now being the number two receiver, probably the number three receiver, because Najee Harris uh, is probably going to be the number two target 
over these next few years on that on that team. Um, but when you look at, like you said, Chase Claypool didn't really fit with Big Ben because of the his yeah. downfield ability, and Big Ben doesn't get the ball down the field as much as you know, not like he used to back in the day. So I think if they bring a quarterback in here that has some of that deep ball ability, could be you know wheels up for Chase Claypool in the future. Right. Yeah, that is a good point for sure. So it could be a good nice buy low in dynasty. Definitely. Um, and so we're we're talking we're talking about wide receivers. Uh, we're talking about teammates and hit uh, missing on one, hitting on another. Um, I'm gonna talk about Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel. So obviously Brandon Ayuk, the guy on my wall back there. Uh, you know this one double hurts because I was head and heels in love with with Brandon Ayuk. Uh. And that I never once thought to look Debo Samuel's way. Uh, and we'll talk about Debo in a minute. But on Ayuk, I was just stuck on that stretch of last year where the 49ers didn't have Kittle. They didn't have Debo Samuel. Uh, and they were down in literally every game that that they were in down the stretch. And they had to throw the ball. And Ayuk was seeing a 30% target share. Um, but I didn't really realize at the end of the day that that's not who they that's not who the Niners want to be. Right. The mm-hmm. Niners don't want to be a team throwing the ball 50, 60 percent of the time. Um, and they they didn't want to obviously operate that way without two of their best playmakers and Debo Samuel and, and George Kittle. Um, but also what I should have realized and, and not to take anything away from my because he, he ended up having a, a, you know, bouncing back down the stretch. And I still think he's going to be a really good player and is going to be a good player next year. Even if you even look at what he's doing in the playoffs, he's playing well. Um, but the, the fact that I, I caused me to miss on a player like Debo Samuel, uh, not, you know, realizing that Debo Samuel is a player that I, I actually loved two years ago. Right. Like when he was a rookie, he was one of those guys that yep. I was like, hey, we got to play Debo Samuel. We got to pick him up, you know, yada, yada, all these things. And he's also a guy who graded out highly in my model along with Brandon Ayuk. But I just fell in love again with Ayuk and the player that he was from the class and, you know, the, you know, the attachment that I guess I had to having him across all these teams, not realizing that Debo Sam was a player, the versatility that he has is the things that I, I usually go after. So it's just kind of crazy. Uh, his ADP of 36 was right where I had him as the wide receiver 30, 36. He finished as the wide receiver three. So that's a huge miss by me there. I had no Debo Samuel, a lot of Brandon Ayuk, and ultimately my team is paid for it. Yeah, Debo Samuel just lights out, man. Uh, this man can do it all, rushing, passing. Uh, I mean, rushing, yeah, I think passing too. Yeah, he can do whatever he wants, man. <laughs> <laughs> Literally everything. Yeah, know? everything. <laughs> that run he made against the Cowboys last week yeah. to seal the game, like, you don't even see some running backs make that cut no, that he made. No. Like, like no. the guy is just so good. He's such a good football player, and he's so fun to watch. Like, even amidst like all the the Brandon Ayuk struggling, like I couldn't even be mad that Debo Samuel was just having a career year because it was he's just so fun to watch. Yeah, absolutely. Greg, you got anything else that you wanna? Uh, I guess sticking with the wide receivers, yeah, wide receivers are probably the most volatile position. My rider died was I didn't have Kenny G ranked high, but my rider died was Kenny G. Just him being in uh the same me talking about him at some capacity makes him a miss because of what <laughs> he basically was non-existent on the field. But that goes to you know show for the entire Giants offense. 
Uh, and I mean, I guess for the whole fantasy community, Allen Robinson was a miss, honestly. Uh, it was it was pretty bad. Just, you know, it, the, the, again, situation. But it's not like Darnell Mooney uh, couldn't get his. He was able to come through uh, and be a very good sleeper wide receiver this year. Uh, Allen Robinson, a, a steady low end border, like borderline wide receiver one every year, uh, just bottomed out, like literally bottomed out. Yeah, that was uh, that that one was bad. Yeah, uh, you know, I, yeah, I, I I actually was in an auction league and I got Allen Robinson for a very cheap price, uh, and I thought I was getting a steal here, and I yeah. and ultimately like I had to drop him uh, probably I think it was like by week five or something like that, and even then I probably waited too long, um, but you know, uh, just, you know, say something, Greg. No, I was saying that's pretty early than most people. Honestly, that was that's pretty, <laughs> you you were able to get get rid of him early. Well, I was holding on at that point to like him, Ayuk, Elijah Moore. I was trying to make my decisions. Ah, uh, uh, all three were struggling at yep. the same time. It was very bad. <laughs> uh, but you know who wasn't struggling at that time? C.D. Lamb. Uh, but you know who struggled as the season progressed? C.D. Lamb. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean. And I went back to back starts of the week with my guy too, you know, heading into the playoffs. I said, Hey man, you know, this the 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 opportunities here in terms of the target share, the matchups are here. This guy, he's gotta show up. The the Cowboys need these wins. Like, and it just was not happening. I, I you know, I expected him to be a top eight wide receiver. He finished uh, you know, barely made it inside the top twenty. So I a lot of it is a function i mean if there was a uh tweet out the other day uh brian baldinger baldy mm-hmm. was on Lindsey Rhodes' podcast and he was talking about how the dallas cowboys do not call plays for cd lamb it is the most frustrating thing really but they, they play they play him in this they don't play him in the slot when michael gallup's not healthy obviously and then we watch said will go in the slot and obviously kill but yep. baldy called cd lamb the best slot wide receiver in all of football and the things that he can do in the slot after the catch down the seam matched up with safeties running behind linebackers uh so while i do take an l for this one i am going to blame the cowboys partially uh and and yeah that that, was, that one's really it for cd lamb damn that that that's not something you want to hear for especially with Kellen Moore trying to get these jobs out here like why don't you get head coaching jobs give your best player like plays like you know I don't know maybe CD should just yell at his coach and say give me the ball like Debo man right or like like Amari Cooper did and and then yeah you get all these targets again that's crazy I didn't realize that wow um you got anything else greg i I mean i got a i got a few i got one more really what that has some points and then i got a few bullet points i want to cover but uh got some extra ones as far as tight end uh john smith definitely was high on him as far as a a tight end asset uh kind of winning that battle over hunter henry but hunter henry did end up winning that uh getting you know the touchdowns and getting you know john smith became that glorified blocking tight end kind of in in that offense um He's a better blocker, so I guess that's why they used them to his strengths. <laughs> so it uh, didn't help him there. Um, and also Ryan Tannehill had him as a, a QB1, uh, borderline QB1, doing what he's got to do right above Joe Burrow and Jalen Hurts. Uh, just not getting him the attempts that we expected this year. 
the pace really did uh, take him uh, down a notch. And also, you know, he, as far as getting down the field as well, A.J. Brown being hurt, not a lot of downfield options as far as Julio Jones didn't come through as, as a as a pickup as well. So that that didn't help him yeah, getting getting down the field, getting those yards per attempt. Yeah, definitely. Ryan Tannehill. Uh, I mean, he's on my list as as one of these bullet points because he was a my guy for me. He was a guy that I said I even said on multiple occasions that uh, while I had Tom Brady ranked higher, I'd probably take Tannehill later, be more comfortable taking Tannehill later because of the rushing ability that he has in the offense and that we never saw that at points in the season. Uh, so it was just like not a great year for Tannehill. Uh, the last real big point I want to talk about is Kyle Pitts. And I'm going to like half take an L here. Like part of me feels like I shouldn't have to because talk about a guy who was third in yards at the tight end position. He was first in in yards per reception, 15.1 at the tight end position, only had one touchdown on the season. So he ultimately finished as the tight end 11 in fancy points per game. Uh, if you look at total fancy points, he was the tight end six. I had him ranked as my tight end four. I was a lot in line with consensus, um, but it did cause me to miss out on, you know, Mark Andrews, who I had as my tight end five. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Kyle Pitts, while I will take this L here, um, I think there's some major touchdown regression coming for the rookie tight end who had a thousand receiving yards. Uh, he's the no t- no other tight end underperformed in the touchdown department greater this season than Kyle Pitts did. So uh, that's a fact, and I will uh, stand by that. Yeah, I mean his ADP next year should be, I mean definitely lower than this year. So I mean getting I think that buy would for next season would be a hit because there's no way he gets one touchdown again this next season, one or two touchdowns. I feel like fantasy managers are going to be, they're going to thank you. They're going to be thinking that. So they're going to, I think they're going to be thinking that. And they're also going to be like looking for, cause we see these ascension type players, right? Like you see like a Jonathan Taylor make that leap from, you know, being a top 15 running back to being the number one overall running back. Like you see Joe Burrow make that ascension. People are going to be looking for those players. And Kyle Pitts kind of fits that, fits that. uh, He definitely fits that bill. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I yeah. feel like fancy managers might be willing to take him as a top, you know, again, where he was going in this top five of tight ends. Because especially if you felt like if you were me and you were taking him at four, you probably feel comfortable taking him at four again because he pretty much did everything you thought he would outside of score the touchdowns that you thought he would score. Right, right. Um, Anything else for you, Greg? Uh, Allen Robinson doing deal I guess has to do with Justin Fields but that also ties with Mac Nagy I feel like the the Bears as a whole yeah, <laughs> it could, could have been a, a, a make but it was a miss because of just that trickle down effect man uh Justin Fields uh could have been unleashed uh I don't know what the Bears I guess the Bears are deciding to keep um Matt Nagy they haven't fired him yet so this might be uh no I, Matt, they did did they fire not, him was he not fired uh, I could have I'm hoping no, he was. Oh, he was. Uh. Yeah, yeah, he was fired. He was fired. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Yeah. So yeah, I'm here. I'm here for it. The return. <laughs> the yeah. Back. So um. Yeah, I, I Justin Fields, man, that one, that one definitely 
hurt because I, I know I, I was definitely on that bandwagon with you. I mean, he, uh, he was a guy that as soon as he got that start, quarterback start of the week, uh, I went back to the well multiple times. I think mm-hmm. it only worked out for me one time. So uh, him with along with some other guys like Taylor, every time I mentioned Taylor Heineke is the start of the week that <laughs> that fell through. Um, again, we talked about Ryan Tannehill is my guy. I wish I had more Cooper cup. It's not even like I didn't like Cooper cup. I, I, I love me Cooper cup. I just didn't have any of them cause I was too busy getting Brandon Ayuk at that price. Um, the chargers being a playoff team. Uh, that one didn't come through. I was, you know, circling the wagons in like week seven. Like, yeah, Chargers, look at them after they beat the <laughs> Chiefs, and here they are not being a playoff team. So, egg on my face for that. Hey man, that's uh, that's uh, we all know whose fault that is. Uh, calling <laughs> timeout, man. <laughs> they should be in the playoffs, yeah. <laughs> uh, I was just trying to think if I there was anything else that I had missed out on. I mean, I'm not I'm not gonna take an L on Calvin Ridley. Uh, I think. You know, nah, everybody. Yeah, not, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Maybe Terry uh, McLaurin this year. I don't know. Yeah, Terry McLaurin. I mean, I didn't looking at my top twelve, I didn't have him in my top twelve, but gotcha. definitely had a had I would consider that a miss. DK Metcalf I had him at ten. Yeah. That's a miss for sure. Yeah. Um trying to think who else. Think think that's really it. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, if I look at my quarter, if I look at where I had the quarterbacks, yeah, I don't, I didn't have anybody egregious. Russell Wilson at seven. I, I was, I, I uh, never, eight. I was never gonna have any Russell Wilson. Like, like. True. <laughs> True. Um, it had Tannehill eight. Like that's gross. I had Tannehill eight above Rodgers and Tom Brady. Like that was gross. Yeah, I'm at ten. Uh, yeah. I wish, yeah. Sorry. So uh hey, maybe maybe the Titans sign, I don't know, like Chris Godwin or something like that. You know, we'll see. The Titans, you said? Yeah, Titans need to receive oh. any receiver, man. They need nothing. Bro, like the Falcons clearly won that Julio trade. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That was a classic John Dynasty move, like ship your veterans out right before. <laughs> right before, yo. That's how it's done, man. Hey, I just I may hate the Patriots, but I, I I admire Bill Belichick, and so he's the master at that, getting a player, getting rid of a player a year too early before a year too late. So, yep. um, yeah, I I just wish it had worked on AB when I actually had done it, because my man like <laughs> played like three years of good football after it happened, because I traded him when he was traded to the Raiders, and I was like, yes, and nah, he's been valuable until now, until now. Yeah, yeah. It's, well, we'll see what happens because he could still end up playing football again, like next that's year. That's crazy. He could play like next week, realistically. That's crazy. That is oh. crazy. I didn't... <laughs> <laughs> the Bills are like, hey, uh. <laughs> no, no way him and Dix could be in the same locker room. I would not. I cannot accept that. <laughs> <They> would... <laughs> what if Aaron Rodgers calls him? Ah. <sighs> uh... <laughs> The Titans should call him, honestly. That's what they should do. The I mean, Titans should call him. I don't know if more receivers is their problem. What are they, <laughs> they don't even throw the ball enough. He can't he could, even throw him to them he anyway. He couldn't exist there. <laughs> oh, man. All right, let's, uh, let's talk about some playoff football, man. The divisional round is a really good round. It's probably, as you'd like to say, Greg, the best round 
in the playoffs, and I find it hard to, to disagree with you there. Uh, what's your favorite matchup this week? we got four games, Cincy versus Tennessee, San Fran versus Green Bay, L.A. versus Tampa Bay, and Buffalo versus Kansas City. What is your favorite matchup uh, that starts today as we record this on Saturday uh, uh, right before noon? Uh, I All the games are great, but I think the answer is still a, a layup for me. I mean, Bill Chiefs. I mean, you, you you tweeted this morning, one of, like showed us a tweet this morning about how this could be the Manning Brady of our era. Uh, Josh Allen versus Pat Mahomes, the rematch. Uh, they played now. They played a, a lot of times, so that's good. You want to see that? Uh, that's what uh, ties into being that Brady Manning uh, in big situations. They played early in the year. Josh Allen got it. They played last year in the AFC Championship. Championship. Pat Mahomes got that one. Uh, so it, yeah, it's gonna be a, a great game. Um, I think. You know, again, in in Kansas City, definitely doesn't help Buffalo for sure. Uh, but yeah, it's gonna be very intriguing. Uh, I'm I'm very intrigued. I'm also very intrigued to see if Kelsey could keep this playoff 100 yard streak going. So you know, I got that betting for that. You know, <laughs> for, eight, for 80 yards, for 80 yards, yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's got to be the most intriguing matchup of the weekend, man. And, and NFL, they knew it. They put it Sunday, 6:30. It's the last matchup of the of the playoff uh, divisional round, and it's got the highest total on the slate, 53 and a half points. Oof, so, he's like, you look at these quarterbacks, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. Um, you know, I feel like I've been saying this for a while now. Like, if you look across the teams in the AFC, the only team that really the team that best matches up with Kansas City, it's got to be Buffalo because they're the only team that they. They can say to Kansas City, like, okay, you want to score 40 points? That's yep. fine. We'll, 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 we'll match you, right? And it's really going to come down to how do these defenses play? Like, Greg, who who do you have winning this game here? Because I know, you know, we get on here and it's Patty, but, like, who's Patty. really – who's really <laughs> – who do you have winning this game here? I'm I'm still rolling with the Chiefs, man. I mean, I, I think the edge is being, them being in Kansas City, honestly. That's really the edge. If it was in Buffalo, I think I would – Give it back to give Buffalo like a serious shot winning. I think it's gonna be close. Uh, I just think Kansas City gets it done. I still have them making a Super Bowl. Um, going against the Packers, the State Farm Bowl will happen, man. <laughs> yeah, man. It's funny because our Super Bowl picks, one of our Super Bowl picks, will be shattered in this game. I mean, I guess. True. I mean, we all we we assume we both not you both you and I picked the Packers, so assuming the Packers will have won. Right. Right. And. We get to we we get to Sunday night. I mean, one of our Super Bowl picks will have been shattered. Uh, so because I'm picking the Buffalo Bills to, to win this game, I picked the Buffalo Bills in the preseason to play the Packers um, to just be disappointed. But anyways, this these teams they match up evenly well. I mean, yeah, they do. offenses. I think the edge. I do give the edge to Buffalo because they they do play better defense. Uh, even without Tre'Davious White, they found a way to uh, glue that thing back together and get it right. And I think Josh Allen's legs uh, in the run game is all along with the emergence of Devin Singletary and what he's done. I think that's really going to give Buffalo the, uh, the, you know, bring them over the top here in this game. Yeah, no, I mean, it's going to take Casey's best game for sure. It's going to take Casey like that game against the Chargers when Mahomes, Kelsey, and Hill all had like 200 yards. It felt like I think it's going to have to, it's going to take that, like, yeah. a really outstanding performance. 
Yeah, it's gonna take a, a really outstanding performance. Like no mistakes by the by Mahomes. Like you can't yeah. turn that ball over. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, it's gonna be an interesting matchup for sure. Uh, I'm also intrigued by this Cincinnati Tennessee matchup. Of course. I know. Of course. The new hotness. <laughs> like, like how is how can how can Joe Burrow first? Like I feel like, you know, for him last week to only get six and a half against the Raiders and for that thing to come down to like I think four and a half by kickoff. Like, that just felt disrespectful. Because I'm like, you see what my man Joey B just, like, you see what he did, right? And then we're here, and he's a a three-and-a-half-point dog to the Tennessee Titans. I really feel like this this game should be closer to a pick-em. It's because it's his first road playoff game in Tennessee against the one seed. I I get it. But, uh, yeah, Joe, Joey, like you said, Joey B covers, man. Joey B covers, so. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. I got the Bengals winning, honestly. No, and honestly, I have the Bengals winning this game, too. So, because um, I really feel like they should win this game. I feel like their offense is explosive. The one thing I do know is Tennessee's pass rush. They do they do get after the quarterbacks. Uh, I, doing my projections this week. Quarterback, yeah. Joe Burrow is pretty sacked, and I projected him to be the most, uh, at least have – give up the highest sack rate on the, of the, of the games this weekend. So mm-hmm. you know how th- that could affect the quarterback, but I feel like they've got so many weapons on the outside, obviously with, uh, with Jamar chase and T Higgins and then Tyler Boyd in the slot. Uh, I think that there's some opportunities here for some, some plays to be made. Cause while the Titans do get after the quarterback, their secondary has been, kind of suspect outside of, of you know all pro safety Kevin Byers so uh I'm really looking to for Cincinnati I actually like this game to go over um you know 47 and a half I, I think you know these both these offenses have some they have playmakers right Derrick Henry's coming back AJ Brown he can go off at any moment so um you know Julio Jones looks a little bit healthier so I, I think I like the over in this game too yeah, yeah, it definitely could could go anyway. I mean, I think the Titans are the best coach team in the league. Like they're just they're so disciplined. Um, the fact that they're one seed uh, with you know beating quality teams every all year is is crazy. So uh, Mike Vrabel will have these boys ready. What are you feeling about this uh, this Rams Bucks matchup, man? That every every day um back and forth because. The Bucks on paper shouldn't win with their injuries. Um, they, I think Rams just have a better roster right now. They're healthier. Um, uh, but it's it, betting against Brady just, just sounds wrong. Like you tell bet against Brady, Tom Brady. Uh, it's in Tampa. That does that does help him a little bit. Um, it's just yeah. It's it's gonna be. I'm gonna go. I think the, I do think the Rams get it done though. I really do think I think the Rams get it done. I, I, <laughs> I do think the, the Rams get it. Oh man, I, yo, it's I so tough, bro. Because it is tough. That's the, this is the, the toughest game to call, honestly. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it really might be because when I, when I woke up when I when the lines came out on Sunday, and I saw Rams are three and a half point dogs, right? I'm like, oh, give me Tampa on give me Tampa on the spread. Cover three yeah. and a half at home. Yeah. Brady just watched him dominate Philly, yep. right? Like, sure, give me that. And as the week progresses, right, I'm sitting here, I'm getting ready to do my projections, and I'm I'm looking at 
I'm looking at the Bucks depth chart, and it's like, okay, well, at receiver, they got no Brashad Perriman. Obviously, we know there's no Chris Godwin. Antonio Brown, we know he's out. So it's really just Mike Evans, Scotty Miller. Playoff Lenny, I mean, he did. He was one of the leaders in re- receptions this year. Playoff Lenny, back. you get playoff Lenny back, so this yeah. is good. But when you really look at how Tom – I'm expecting Tom Brady to really try to attack, right? Because you feel like as long as he has Evans, as long he ha- as he has Gronk, like he'll be okay. Yeah. And so part of me feels like, well, the Rams know that they have Jalen Ramsey. They can just put him on Mike Evans, and I feel like that's just – or like with Jalen Ramsey's length and his physicality and his tenaciousness, I feel like he could just pretty much, you know, make it a difficult day for Mike Evans. And then it's just really focusing on on Gronk and then and then the run game. I do think, like you said, playoff Lenny is going to have it. Uh, you know, he's I think getting him back is huge for yeah. the Bucks because they that's a way to expose this Rams defense is in the run game. Yeah, uh, yeah. Honestly, I might change my pick again before the game starts. Like, <laughs> betting against Brady, like he's got it done with less before. So, like. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, man. So, uh, no, it's gonna definitely be exciting. It's definitely gonna be uh, good football, and uh, definitely look forward to watching it. So, everybody, definitely appreciate y'all kicking it with us. This is all we got for right now. So, uh, come back next week. We're gonna talk about those hits. So, you know, definitely going to be some, uh, some, some, you know, feeling ourselves on here. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know. Greg doesn't have any puns for us this year. So he's not, you know, last (laughs) year you were fully yourself. Oh, got it. Right. Yeah. I don't have, yeah. I mean, got nothing this year, but you know, uh, just, yeah, (laughs) excuse me. Crazy. Just come back next week. We'll discuss, uh, all of our hits. We'll keep talking some playoff football. Talk keep talking uh some of these some of these betting these uh betting this betting talk. I got it. Hopefully we don't talk as swiftly during our <laughs> hits. Uh-huh. 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 Yes, sir. <laughs> Let's go. And with that one, we're out of here. Have a good one, everybody. Enjoy playoff football. Peace. We out.